0: Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Weidel, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to widellonwinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm back with Travis Rosbach. And we're talking about uh, moving forward in your life, following your inspiration, finding it, keeping yourself fired up and letting your natural curiosity drive you forward. And uh, cause when you're pursuing things you're super excited about, you don't mind putting in the time and you can make incredible progress. And most of the things you wanna do are a whole lot more fun at the top when you really get good at it and you've moved to the top, then at the bottom, you know, being a chess grandmaster, is I'm sure is a whole lot more fun than just being a knucklehead who plays chess once a year with grandpa, you know? And so, uh, thanks Travis for getting back. Larry, it's great to be here, thank you. So much fun, such an interesting uh, uh, start to your journey well, most you've had basically two lifetimes now uh before you even started your business uh in going to become the uh dive master and the captain of the you know rating for the uh, 50 uh uh ton ships and uh all those certifications and then going into pilot uh becoming a uh, master pilot and certified for the big jumbo jets i guess you know anything there is up there and so what's it like flying a jumbo jet by the way
1: it's a lot of fun (laughs) um yeah i i really loved flying lear jets the lears are super fast they go really high they've got a really great climb rate and I, i think that flying the the lears were my they were my most fun jet time that i've had flying the larger ones the falcons and the Hawkers. That's a lot of fun too. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to move big objects through the time and space continuum, but I really enjoy the, the
0: Lears. And uh, so let's talk about where along the way did you get the idea of starting uh, a company? Well,
1: I was flying um, the aforementioned Lears. I was, I was doing jet charter out of Florida and I realized that, yeah, my salary was capped. My time was taken flying from airport to airport and going from hotel to hotel. And, you know, I'd always take advantage of the time on the ground and go to the museums and the art institutes and things like that. And I'd always have a lot of fun, but I realized that it, that wasn't going to last forever. So I stopped flying and I uh, told my girlfriend at the time that I was going to move back to Oregon. I had no idea what I was going to do or what was going to happen next and uh, she's like, Well, can I come with you? I said, Okay, yeah, cool. So we moved back home to Bend. We rented a house. And uh, the second night we were there, some guy shows up in the backyard and I get the gun. What's the guy doing? We go out back and he was putting a fence in. And I started talking to him and he was using these metal posts and he was putting up this beautiful fence with no knots. It was just gorgeous. And I asked him, I'm like, are you doing all of these, you know, the subdivisions that are going up like crazy? And he said, no, they just do one offs. I said, well, do you mind if I do the subdivisions? This looks like fun. And he said, yeah, go for it. You know, and so I went back inside, I told my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, I think we should start a fence company. You know, sort of famous last words, how hard can it be? and right. sure enough, we we bought everything that uh the guy at the store told us we would need to start a fence company and uh started doing fencing and within about a year we had one of the largest most well known fence companies in all of central
0: oregon and uh, so how did that how did you do that become in one year uh get you go from buying what you needed to having so much business and I guess so many crews where you could become a uh, best known fence uh, company in, uh, what'd you say, Central Oregon? In Central Oregon,
1: yeah. Well, we, uh, it started out, originally we hired a guy who was supposed to be a really well-known uh, fence guy. He he'd worked at the largest one called Mike's Fence Center. He had worked for Mike for a number of years and he was a free agent, so we hired him. And that was kind of our uh, golden ticket, or so we thought. He ended up getting arrested the day before our first job, and so we ended up going down to the homeless shelter, picking up a couple homeless guys, and went to the library, rented a VHS tape, and then went to the pawn shop and got a VHS player, and learned how to build fences just by watching the the cassette or the VHS tape, and. Um, but yeah, the long story short, we basically just hired really good people and that had been in the fence industry for a long time. And my partner was really good at doing the book work and the paperwork and the, um, you know, all of the business side of stuff. And I was quite proficient at going out and getting the, the contracts, going out and giving the quotes and the estimates and things like that, running the cruise. And then, yeah, before we knew it, we were up to, I think we had about five crews out and about running all around, putting up fences.
0: Now, how did you go from being a pilot to where you're this guy that's great at drumming up business in the uh, fence installation industry?
1: Well, I don't know. That's a good question. I think that, you know, when I was,
0: when I was growing up in the Virgin Islands, did you hear a voice? Did you hear a voice as you walked away from the plane that said, "You are a fence salesman"? <laughs> no, <laughs> like when you left the boat and said, I, "You are a pilot." No, you seem to get some real clear direction on these things.
1: <laughs> no, but you know, when I did ask the guy in the backyard, I, you know, I said, "Hey, are you doing the the subdivisions?" Because it just made sense. Because we had right. so many subdivisions going in that that's got to be good money. And it, you know, it looked relatively straightforward and, you know, dare I say easy. And when he said, no, I think that was a real light bulb moment that like, Oh, maybe there's a a gap in the market here where somebody needs to be putting in these beautiful fences. And so, um, yeah, you know, I just asked a lot of questions and, uh, you know, it, it, once you figure out how much it costs per foot, it's fairly straightforward to take the measuring wheel and go out and measure how many, you know, linear feet that somebody has for their fence needs.
0: And so uh, how how did that run? After a year of that, uh, how did you now move move on from there?
1: Well... Uh, it was February and it was cold and it is icy and a lot of rocks here in Central Oregon. I, and I was just sore. I was just physically tired and sore. We've been just flat out like a lizard drinking for the full year. And I called my partner and I said, look, I got to get out of here. I'm going to kill myself or somebody else. I got to go somewhere warm. I got to go back to warmth for at least a minute. And she said, "Okay, you know, and called me a little later and said, hey, get to the airport. You're going off to Hawaii. And I didn't actually, you know, even though I'm from the West Coast, I spent all my time in the in the Virgin Islands and I hadn't actually been to Hawaii. So I didn't actually even know what that really meant. But landed in Oahu. As soon as the the doors opened, I just I felt the aloha. I felt it. And I was like, this is awesome i called her and i told her i said you can either keep the company or sell it but either way i live here now wow (laughs) and she uh the girls
0: with the uh dancing the hula and grass skirts and giving you the uh delays yeah i hadn't hadn't even got off worked
1: yet yeah I i hadn't even got off the plane (laughs) Uh, And and my partner, she says, you know, she kind of says, you know, are you drunk? Where are you you at the bar? And I said, no, I haven't even got off the plane yet. Wow. Like, okay. So, and I spent, I think about like, it was a long vacation. I was there, I think I was downtown Honolulu for like nine days. And I got back and I was, I was still very serious. I, I knew, I knew I was living in Oahu. And so we sold the fence company. It was right before the you know, the downturn started in way. In sure. mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and yeah, we sold, we got a, a fairly pretty penny for it at fair price for it, especially after only owning it for less than two years. And, uh, and then we lived in Oahu and in Oahu, it, it, it again, just kind of hit that, Hey, I want to do signs. There were a lot of companies advertising that they're they were a sign company or doing t-shirt screen printing. And it, it it seemed like there was a lot of competition. And for some reason, I just thought, well, let's just
0: try that. You know, let's just okay. see how so now goes. let's let's back up. You get involved in the fence business because there's a gap. Yeah. Now you go to Hawaii look at the fit the the sign business and say okay it's covered up with with businesses making signs that's a fit for me yeah I don't
1: know what that was it 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 is a dichotomy and I I think that what I what so I did a little bit of research and I found that that people had just a a a plotter that would cut vinyl And yeah. they'd take the vinyl and they'd stick it on a banner and they'd say, there's your sign. And it, it wasn't all that impressive. Well, I figured out that we could get a, a digital banner printer and it just be better. And so we flew out to Florida to the, the sign Sgia the sign show, and said, hey, we want how to
0: open it. A- how did you even find out or know that there was a sign SGA in Florida? Yeah. I mean, how do you find these things out? Asking questions again? Yeah, Yep. exactly, Larry. Yeah, with the um,
1: fence company, we learned that there, you know, and I can't remember the name of it, but there's basically a, a national institute of fill in the blank, whatever position or job or, or career you want to have. Yeah. There's going to be typically some sort of govern, governing body or assistance league type thing. So we joined the fence, National Fence Bureau or, or whatever that was called. And, and by golly, we learned a lot and we got a lot of clients from it. We actually got a lot of business from joining that organization. So I just sort of naturally assumed and then found that the sign industry also had a you know an organization that you could get cheap insurance and things like that, better business right. bureau type of thing. And um, sure enough, they had, you know, either one or once or twice a year in Orlando, they had a, a big sign show and uh, it just so happened that it was coming right up and we got tickets and we flew from Honolulu out to Orlando and we showed up and I saw, you know, like quickly surveyed the scene and saw who was the best and who was doing what, walked right up to the best and then found the owner, Frank Feller's at, at Fellers Sign Supply. Met Frank and just said, Hey Frank, I'm Travis. I want to open a sign shop. And he's like, Okay, go ahead. I said, Well, I need you to, you know, sell me this stuff. He's yeah. like, Okay, what do you need? I don't know, Frank. That's why I'm talking to you, man. What do right. I? Do? And he he, you know, it baffled him a little bit, but you know, he didn't think he didn't, you know, I could tell he wasn't real sure if I was serious or if I was a little bit off mentally or what was going on. But pretty soon we had a full shopping cart and About three weeks later, you know, everything started shipping and showing up in Honolulu. And we went and um, rented uh, like this huge place downtown, started Oahu
0: signs and screen printing. And how did you, how did did you kick off uh, your uh, business there? You know, we uh,
1: had a really cool sign because we were able to digitally print. And so our sign
0: sign. Did you make your sign?
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, it was a light box, and most people just had these, you know, basic one color light box that you know that's backlit, and then uh, another one color on top of it. Back to these plotters, they're like so 1980. Well, we we printed wood, so it's like kind of this 3D wood looking sign that was backlit, and people noticed it. I mean, like they were really noticing, and then we got fairly lucky. I, I you know like whatever. Uh, we were right next to the Blaisdell Center, which is the big auditorium in Honolulu. And the MMA, the mixed martial arts, was just okay. starting to come to town. And uh, we met B.J. Penn, and who's a fairly famous mixed martial art fighter, and his mom. And so we started printing for them. And then we, uh, we met the uh, Dahui crowd, the, the Dahui boys. And uh, we're printing for them. And so we we just kind of started building up local connections and then um, started working with some of the real big sort of fortune, you know, whatever companies in Honolulu, uh, doing all of their printing business cards, brochures, banners, T-shirts, embroidery, things like
0: that. Yeah. And the thing is, so what people can take away from this is there's always people out there who know what you don't know and most of the time if it's a significant you know it's a business area there'll be a national association of people i tell you i've heard a funny thing uh in uh about, they were talking about COVID and what a devastating effect it had on New York City and like 30 or 40% of, uh, 30 or 40 bar uh, Irish and uh, British bars had gone out of business. What a tragedy. And they said, of course, there's still 320 left. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, you've been to Manhattan. And I always said, you know, we stayed at a hotel uh, April couple of years ago, right across the street was an Irish uh, British uh, pub, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, cause I thought, well, there's probably a few more of those in town, but 300, Jeez. So, but there's a lot of everything out there. And so if you go uh, to these association or these trade show things, it, first of all, only the most motivated people are going to go there and there you can wander around and you know what you do at trade shows by the way and they're going to be pretty much in vegas orlando maybe new orleans something like that but that's pretty much where the monster ones are going to be and you walk around and see where the big crowds are Mm-hmm. And you could see that like the PGA, the golf, yeah, so they have every Orlando uh, in, in January in Orlando. That's what I that's where I got clued in by the, the pros. They said you just go around and you see where the big crowds are. and that's the hottest new product, hottest clothing line, you know, whatever because people, you know, people find uh, the hot ones. And so when you go there, it allows you to identify who the role models, you know, cause we all need role models. You know, you have people to copy and, uh, you, you find up getting your advice, asking your questions, uh, modeling yourself after, uh, a superior, you save a lot, of, you save a lot of time, uh, rather than modeling and asking questions of somebody who's like average, you know, it's not that they're bad, but they're like average. So you're going to get, the average guy would do and the average equipment they would have and like you said in the sign business the average guys have uh equipment out of the 80s and so uh a lot of i don't know if how you knew to do it but you did a lot of things right and you got so how old were you now so how long did it take you to get really established with that sign business in in hallelujah it yeah. took uh you know it took about
1: a year and a half to get really to the point where we were able to pay the bills i mean it's not cheap to live in uh, in hawaii it is oh. really expensive and it's really expensive to pay rents there especially downtown um yeah I, funny story about the uh, pga golf show we actually won uh the best new designed uh, best new product at the pga golf show oh. Oh, congratulations. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. That was, that was kind of a, one of our first big awards that was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, but, and another thing at the trade shows, they have a lot of speakers that come in and they'll teach. And I found that if you just sit up front and you listen and you learn, and then they have a QA and a at the end, I could ask all of my rookie questions to this you know master fence builder and they were happy to help. And, um, and then people would come up to me afterwards after asking all my questions and they're like, you know, what are you doing? How long have you been doing fences? Well, we haven't done any fences yet, or, you know, Hey, we haven't done any signs yet, but we're here to, you know, I want to learn like, wow, that's kind of strange, but here's my number. If ever you need anything, call me and like, cool. I just picked up another mentor, you know? And so when we'd hit a, a hiccup or a speed bump, you know i'd call up and say hey i don't know if you remember me i met you at the trade show and what do i do and they're like wow this is just nuts but here's what you do
0: and sure enough it worked unbelievable and so uh, how old are you at this by the time you got a year and a half you got your business established and humming along in uh hawaii now this was you become dive master you become Captain of a 50 ton, you know, 50 ton vessel, and got that rating. And that took 700 something hours. Just get that. Then you walk away from that, become a pilot two and a half years, you're licensed in multi-engine and, you know, all of the, uh, uh, aircraft. And then you go and you spend a year and a half, uh, or a year, you b- built the, uh, biggest offense company in, uh, or central oregon sold that in two years now you're in honolulu in a year and a half you got a whole nother new business up and running how old are you at this time boy i'm trying to do the math um i should take my
1: shoes off um let's see so this you're from hawaii Hawaii. your your shoes are not already off (laughs) right (laughs) 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 um i was probably right around
0: 29 at that point Uh travis you cover some ground man in your life unbelievable yeah yeah i've been busy yeah I'm waiting for your presidential campaign to kick off here in a, <laughs> a, a decade or so. Anyway, <laughs> it's just good for the country to know there are people like you out there. <laughs> I've never been in politics before, but now, yeah. uh, you I know the prize for peace and I was just elected <laughs> president last <year. laughs>
1: Yeah, people every once in a while you know and and i think that they're fairly serious or maybe they're just messing with me but they ask you know like why don't you run for mayor it's like i just i i don't know that i could have
0: let me give you the answer that you'd have to sit in a committee meeting
1: yeah (laughs) yeah i've been in enough courthouses that i don't i don't like spending time with i don't appreciate spending time with lawyers and judges and and locked inside the courthouses Uh, that
0: just the limitations of that would be a whole lot worse than being a captain on your uh, boat. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but God bless everybody who wants to do it. And, you know, maybe there'll come a time where that's, you know, you're, you're looking to, uh, to do that. And God bless the good people that do that. And so uh, thanks so much for sharing. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to wideleandwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.